Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Welcome, everybody, and happy holidays. We get to do a holiday episode, so happy holidays to all of our listeners from Talk, Purpose, and Truth. It's Eden and Kim. Yes, it's Eden. Happy holidays, everybody. So we're excited to be here, and um, it is December 23rd, so it's almost 2020. I can't believe it. That sounds really crazy. Ooh, that'll be a good year. I know, right? (laughs) So I do. I feel that. Good, Good numbers. Yeah. So I have a little bit about talk. I want to talk to you a little bit about the sponsor that we have uh, from Cindy Striegel and the company's called Forever. It's perfect for the holidays. Yes. So if you haven't checked this out yet, if you haven't heard from some of our other episodes, please check it out. She's got some great deals going on. Uh, and I think they're still going for even though it's pretty close to Christmas. Time. Yeah, got to hurry up. Right. Uh, okay, so do you ever have your precious memories located or do you have your precious memories located in multiple places and on multiple devices? Are they st- stored safely, privately and easily accessible? Are they organized in a way to use them, share them and enjoy them? How would you like to consolidate all of those photos, videos, recordings and important documents in one safe, convenient and private space? forever.com is your answer they safely store memories for lifetime plus 100 years so cindy striegel she's going to be able to help you she's the representative for the company and she can guide you through many options so you can just go ahead and send her a message or you can message the page and you can find her at forevercindystriegel.com and her name is spelled her last name, S-T-R-I-E-G-E-L.com. She also has a Facebook group called Deja You Memories for Life. I just joined, yeah. You did. Well, we have all these old camera videos that we can't even, we don't even know how to watch anymore. They're outdated, so I want to put them all on one thing. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yeah. That's great. Okay. All right. So. Well, we're in for a treat. We have a, a really amazing, unique, fascinating guest, and um, Eden's going to start talking about that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Well, Christina Moses. (laughs) Yeah, I'll introduce her in a minute. Yeah. Okay. So we have Christina and she's uh, from A Million Little Things. That's how I found her. Well, I didn't find her. Actually, we were introduced to her from a friend and his name is Glenn, Glenn Marsden. And he happens to be here today. Ah, he's going to show up later, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he's going to, he's, well, we'll see when he, when he comes. But he knew Christina, uh, and then he introduced us to her as well. So she is so sweet to have uh, been willing to come do the podcast. And we, her and I did a reading together oh, nice. as well. So she might want to talk about that. Well, and isn't the show kind of aligned with the way our podcast is, like the whole premise, like what we're about and what they're about? That's what it feels like for me. The show, it really pulls you in and it's all about suicide. I think that's like the the main premise is someone who took their life in the first episode and they really talk a lot about mental health 
and uh, the ups and downs of, of life and friendships. Um, and I think we do talk about that on in every episode. Mm-hmm. We have that subject, the mental health right. and how important it is. So that show really focuses on that as well. And I feel like, wow, she she's <laughs> the perfect person right. for this pro- topic. Awesome. Well, I look forward to getting more answers and and information from her. So I'm going to tell you a little about her. Most of you already probably know, but Christina Moses has a passion for social justice and telling stories, stories that enliven, awaken our minds and hearts to challenge stereotypes and the status quo. She has been performing on stage in LA and New York City on and off for years. She toured with Rainbow Theater, a multicultural theater group, performing at inner city high schools to promote opportunities in higher education. She has many, many off-Broadway credits um, in 2009, she toured Mixed, a woman's show written by Maya Lilly. She starred in a workshop production of The Escape Artist Children, written by Steve Harper, produced at the Celebration Theater in L.A. And she's currently starring, like we said, in the ensemble drama A Million Little Things on ABC. Her recent TV credits include a starring role in the CW's Containment, recurring roles in CW's The Originals, and the one-hour drama Condor, co-starring opposite Mira Servino and William Hurt for Audience Network Direct TV. She also has been a co-star in the independent film Odd Brodsky, winner of 21 Film Festival Awards. And she's starred in the indie film How We Met, which can be seen on Amazon Prime. She's also directed and produced two documentary shorts. One was an undergrad thesis project depicting the struggles gay and lesbian high school students face when coming out. The second documentary she produced for Elevate Festival for Film and Music, which premiered at the Kodak Theater. Like, all of this is just like, whoo, so inspiring. So, Christina... Mm -hmm. Welcome. We're so, so, so humbled and honored you're here. Hi. <clears throat> Thank you for having me. Got to get this mic situation. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a really pretty blue, my microphone. Uh, yeah, it's a sponge. special. Sky blue. Okay. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. I yeah. know you normally are filming in Canada. Yes, Vancouver. Okay. Vancouver. Mm-hmm. But you're from here, but right? From L.A.? Born and raised, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you came here for the holidays. Yes. So we really appreciate you took time out of that visiting with family and friends. Thank you. To spend some time with us. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit just to start because we feel so aligned with, with your, I know you as a person have such a passion for mental health awareness and, mm-hmm. and um, reducing the stigma of mental health. And we're all about that on this podcast. So your show has experts in mental health consulting on it. Can you talk mm-hmm. a little more about like the premise of that and how that all works? Sure. Um, so the premise um, is a group of friends that, uh, the one that had it all together, successful, um, one that everyone loves, you know, can talk to anyone, make anything happen. It's always there for everyone. Uh, he kills himself. Mm. And, uh, so it's how these group of friends are organizing their life around that. And it jars them awake and, you know, we're all kind of figuring out, Hey, this is not exactly where I want to be. Like I've achieved certain things. I have certain relationships that are important to me and that are thriving or some that aren't thriving. And it's just how to actually um, live life and make the most of life. And uh, yeah, so we do deal with mental illness. The man who plays my husband, Romney Malco, as he's finding out that our best friend just jumped off a building, he's about to kill himself. Mm-hmm. Um, And we also um, deal with breast cancer. We have a a male breast cancer survivor and um, another breast cancer survivor, female. 
And yeah, so mental illness is a really big thing. And what's, what I really appreciate too is that, um, so the, my husband on the show, Romani Mako, he's a black man, and mm-hmm. we don't really talk about mental illness in the black community. I mean, we're just not mm. doing it you know, globally, period. Um, but a lot of community, communities of color, particularly the black communities, um, airing our dirty laundry is just not a thing. Yeah. I know the fa- yeah. the man who plays his father on the show doesn't want him to talk about his feelings at all. His son, he's a little bit against it. Well, I think there's, especially from that generation, but our culture has done a major disservice to to men in uh-huh. terms of, you know, allowing them to be uh, vulnerable as a feeling and being vulnerable is is makes you weak. Yeah. And so... You know, we're just now evolving from from that. Mm-hmm. But you know, his father is from a generation where that was just not right old a school. thing. And then to be you know black is also mm-hmm. right. And you guys have on the show there are experts that come yeah, in and yes, we and do. talk about different things like and help gear, yeah, Bar- gear the show. Barbara Van Dalen, um, who has an organization called Give an Hour um, and Change Direction. So she's a psychologist, psychiatrist, and she says, yeah, she mm-hmm. she. Yeah, we consult her on everything. And That's then awesome. every single person in the support groups that we have, the on the the can the remission support groups, the cancer support groups mm-hmm. on the show, mm-hmm. they're all actual survivors. Wow. Cancer survivors. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the show yeah. is so well authentic. written mm-hmm. and yeah, authentic. Yeah. yeah. So mm. does she help with writing? Mm-mm. Okay. No, but when we talk about um depression and especially suicide, you know, yeah, we'll go to her and get all the proper information. And we talk with, um, mothers who have had children who have, I know there's a proper term for it now. It's now called, it's not suicide. It's suicide. Yes. Suicide, but it's a killing. There's an actual Mm -hmm. vernacular to Mm -hmm. it now that that like moms have experienced their kids doing that. Yeah, no, no. But, uh, taking their life. is no, it taking my own. No, it's a thing. It's just it's a new a new term. Death by suicide, I believe, is what. Okay, I've heard of that. Okay, um, yeah. Is that what we are like the politically correct? I think it's the politically correct thing. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, um, so is it wrong to just say suicide or k- kill themselves? I think. Oh, I think. okay. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. I should actually research that more. But yes, yeah. we do have a psychologist consulting us and making sure that we are depicting it correctly. Um, in episode nine, which is the last one, um, there is a character, I don't want to give any spoilers, but it is out. But anyway, um, <laughs> he is about to to jump and he's on the roof of my apartment <clears throat> and we're running up there. And Maggie, who was the uh, psychiatrist on the show, Psychologist, um, she stops us and his parents from running up to the roof because he's, he doesn't want, most people actually don't want to kill themselves. They just want, you know, a temporary, mm-hmm. a permanent solution to a temporary feeling, feeling and situation. Yeah. And so us running out there would, you know, definitely escalate. So we get, you know, um, wow. Yeah. That Powerful. Kind of consulting. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is uh, interesting, and it's so neat how it kind of goes along with normal, regular life, but we're actually watching it on TV being played out. Just incredible. Yeah. Um, how does it, I guess, relate to your life? 
Is there anything? The show? Have you, yeah, the show. Have, or your character. How does the character relate to your, your <clears throat> life? Do you relate to her? Yeah, for sure. I relate to all of them. Um, there's, well, uh, me personally, She, even though my character Regina does not um, deal with or have experienced depression or anxiety that is beyond circumstantial. Um, so it's something that she doesn't quite understand and that she's learning it through her husband who deals with depression <clears throat> that isn't circumstantial, that is more of just, I guess, part of his psychological makeup, I would say. Um, I personally have dealt with depression, anxiety my whole life. I think I live with a low level anxiety mm-hmm. um, that I've learned to manage mm-hmm. through just... Uh, exercise, a lot of meditation, been meditating since I was a kid. I'm just very self-aware. I've always been that way. Um, so <clears throat> yes, I, um, I guess I've, yeah, I've just learned to manage that through also I've, you know, therapies on and off. Yeah. Um, and being creative. So, so I, yeah, depression and anxiety is something that I understand very well. And also, um, Regina's character, Regina went through a realization that she had experienced um, some sexual abuse as a child. That is something that I know personally through friends and family mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and loved ones. Yeah. <clears throat> so I've been a witness to that. Mm. Um, yeah. So okay. she relates on that one. Yeah, and in other ways, but you can keep asking. (laughs) (laughs) So, what what made you want to get into acting, and like, what what was that? How Mm. did that get fueled? Mm -hmm. Well, so born born and raised in Los Angeles, Um, my mother used to do some acting. My father actually was in the Navy and docked in Long Beach, and wanted realized he wanted to be an actor. So he managed to get himself an honorable discharge. Wow. <laughs> For acting? Wow. <laughs> well, because there was a lot of racism. My dad's older, a lot older. So um, there was a lot of, ra- not like racism doesn't exist, but especially back in the 60s. And so he did ex- actually experience a lot in the Navy and it was just unbearable for him. So mm-hmm. it was the truth. And so they managed to let him out, said, this is his story. It couldn't, who knows? But that's what he says. So I believe him. Anyway, so he docked in Long Beach and um, started an acting school that a lot of the old school actors would go to, like Sidney Poitier, wow. um, Gary Busey. He did some guest starring roles on, like, uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, I love it. Wow. Iconic. All the yeah. McLeod, Columbo, stuff like that. <clears throat> and so here comes his little girl who he thinks is really adorable and he wants to make an actor. And I was terrified. I was so shy. <laughs> Did not want to do it. But yet... He, he would do plays as well and I would go to the rehearsals and then I would come home and I would mimic them at like four years old mm-hmm. but the minute someone watched me I would just clam up and uh. you know <laughs> and so he would put me in his little acting schools and I was just I hated it and he would I went all over Hollywood I almost I was up for Punky Brewster and huh. then wow. the girl who played her front cherry that role and um yeah so finally I was like look I can't I just I can't not 
this is no, I can't do this. I apparently I told some management company who really wanted to work with me that maybe when I'm older, but right now I'm really shy. How cute. So not right now. I don't remember that. Um, and then, yeah. So finally he's like, okay, stop. And, um, it was in, I'm an artist, so I used to paint and write all mm-hmm. the time. And in junior high is when I just started to do theater in school, and I loved it and did it in college. And then that's when I did the mm-hmm. outreach. And then I went to New York and, and wanted to study academics and teach, and that's what I did. And I missed theater, so I just did a bunch of community theater. So fi- it just took a long time, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of it was... Um, me having the confidence to admit that that's what I wanted to do and and to be vulnerable enough to to not know how to do it and to to admit that I didn't have the confidence and that I was really, you know, insecure about it. That's what was going on for me. It was just, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And so and so once I got real with myself, I just Wow. And it's so brave that yeah. you you admit that and I think that's so refreshing for so many people because they feel, especially in that industry, it's like, oh, well, I have to have it all together and I have to like do all these things. And like you formed you, it's like you built up your foundation Mm -hmm. so that by the time it was time to do this, you, you attracted this big show because you had built your foundation so strong. That's amazing. Thank you. And you did it because you wanted to. Because not because your dad wanted you to. I mean, there might be some like subconscious thing in there. Who knows? But yeah. (laughs) Daddy proud. We all want that. (laughs) I think, I mean, he's so proud. It's really sweet. But I I think I, um, I mean, why I love acting is just because it's a way for me to just explore all the different parts of myself and other people and express things that I don't readily have access to on a daily basis Mm -hmm. until I'm actually diving into something, exploring something. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and it's a really great way to to kind of confront your ego because to me, you can't really have so a big one when you are trying to be something else, someone Mm -hmm. else. You have to get out of the way. I have to at least, you know, in the moment in scene to scene work, you know, just let go of my my notions of how something should be or how I look or what I sound like or how my body's moving so that I can be present to somebody and mm-hmm. open my heart to them and feel them and feel the circumstances, you know. Um, and so if I'm too concerned about myself, nothing else gets in. Um, and that's a bad, I mean, that's just a constant Mm-hmm. Well, Battle. it's working because oh. you do so well on the show. Thank, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's so pretty. you guys, you guys <clears throat> did a reading, mm-hmm. right? Like, so, um, so you're open to that. I am. And I do um, want to say one more thing about yeah, the yeah. confidence thing. And the reason why I am open about it is because I just want people to know that. Yeah. I just want them to know that they don't have to get in their own way, I guess. Um, because no matter what you're, because I had a you know fairly good upbringing, you know there's some just whatever trauma that we just experienced by being a human being, um, and there was some hardship for sure, but for the most part there was a lot of love in my life. Mm-hmm. So irrespective of our circumstances, sometimes we were just born with a lack of confidence, or we're just whatever our insecurities are. So whether it was circumstantial or it's just whatever you come into the world with, that if I can get through like this crippling self doubt, other people can. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's that's why that's I awesome. really harp on that. That's strong. That's yeah. very, very Well, powerful. and it's it's another stigma thing because I think yeah. most people yeah. don't want to admit that everybody gets that. 100%. Yeah, yeah even people like you. Yeah. Right. Well known. There's no such yeah. thing as perfect. No. <laughs> and it's boring anyway. <laughs> okay, exactly. <laughs> you want to talk about the, the reading? reading? The reading. Yes. Talk yes. about the reading. Oh my god. What do you want to talk about? Well, what was you it tell, like? You what tell, was it like? What was your experience? Did anyone come through that you wanted <laughs> to have come through? Well, I was open because I was just kind of like because even when I've you know gotten tarot cards before, I'm just you know I have my questions, but I'm also open to whatever needs to come through or wants. Why do I feel like I have to keep doing that? <laughs> whatever wants to come through. Um, so I was really open to that. I didn't expect. But it made sense that the people came through. Mm-hmm. Um, one, two people I really wanted to connect with um, that didn't come. And then afterwards, I can't believe I should have asked for this one person and I didn't. And I can't believe this you is like to do another one. the most important person in my <laughs> life know. who passed away. Um, but it was really lovely because I didn't spend, I just remember wanting to spend time with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I kept putting it off and putting it off. And then she gets a stroke. Mm-hmm. And then I, of course, spent time with her. But by then, you know, and we were all there with her. And we, like, let her know that she could go. It took a couple months. but mm-hmm. So it was really lovely for her to come through. And Aww. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. She yeah. gave you some good validations. Yeah. And I totally um, did not buy the truck, but I test drove that truck. <laughs> <laughs> What's the truck mean? Do you want to share? So, okay. So in Vancouver, like a block away from me, there's this old 1985 Ford 250. And my grandfather used to drive that truck. And my grandfather and I were very close. And um, <clears throat> it has had a camper on it. And I would drive by and just feel very nostalgic about this truck and I and it's for sale and uh-huh. oh, maybe I should buy I don't need a gas guzzler I don't need a car <laughs> like I just don't need it but you know but it came how did it come through it came through yeah they were just saying your grandfather came through yeah. and he said something about a truck yeah oh. yeah and then he said it was something about you needed to basically like follow it, my heart and embrace yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like whether I get it or not is not the point it's just to don't question the things that bring you joy yeah and because yeah oh he said recognize how that truck made you feel when you saw it yeah. on the street yeah and it brought up so many emotions for her that uh-huh. were like good memories yeah. and and it was just showing her that see you can still have those feelings and and hold on to that and yeah he was bringing you that yes. feeling oh, exactly wow. yeah so he was watching you yeah m- remember him yeah it was wonderful. I yeah. love that validation. It was really, really wonderful. So I test drove it, and it was fun. And that was that. And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you didn't need to buy it. I know. I thought about it, though. But you yeah. could anchor in the feeling. Yeah, exactly. Aw, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's cool. Maybe if you do another reading, Prince will come in for you. Oh, my God. You love you love oh, Prince, huh? So much. Yeah. yeah. But it was good. It was it was just validating things that I was have been feeling and uh, a good, like, reminder to let go and to release and it's safe to do so yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it's always very beneficial when they're when you're open you get the most out of it yeah yeah Yeah. okay so someone walked in yeah so all the way in from (laughs) australia Australia. (laughs) (laughs) he literally walked so so we it's fascinating how everyone serendipitously connects and uh it just it's it's never an accident you have to pay attention to the signs and if you do so then life can be magical and so uh Glenn, you're here. 
welcome, Glenn um, Marsden. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Yeah. And so welcome. And uh, can you can you first of all you can say your, your hellos to Christina, but uh, can you tell us how how you got here and how you guys are connected? Yeah. Well, it's so weird actually coming from Australia and meeting you all and everybody listening to this can obviously hear that I haven't got an Aussie accent because I'm originally from Britain. Um, but in terms of Christina, um, somebody you're going to meet later, I actually got introduced to Christina through a good friend of mine, AJ Rochester, who heard the huge speech he did on mental health advocacy and um, sent me through that. I listened to it, started watching the show and saw the whole premise behind suicide and mental health. And then just, just reached out to you and never in a million years <laughs> thought you'd reach back out and you was like, yeah, yeah, I'd love to do it, get behind it. And the synergy, just alignment and then with you guys and here we are today. Right, right. So, yeah, so cool. off the plane, straight, straight. Well, here. yeah, and I mean, uh, a lot of the listeners have heard us through the past probably 15 episodes talking about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. And for years now, um, Eden and I have been feeling called to work with some sort of mental health or suicide awareness, and we weren't sure who, and we just kept getting that calling and feeling. And um, when Jeremy Jackson was on the show, he mentioned that he was working with Glenn and we just had this spark where we felt mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, that's the one. That's the one we're supposed to work with. And we started yeah. getting messages. And so it just happened. It feels like it just happened so like effortlessly and naturally like a flow. Yeah, you messaged yep. us yep. or me, well, us on the Talk Purpose and Truth page on Instagram. And I was like, oh my gosh, he's messaging us. Because <laughs> we were trying to put this it out there. This is what we're supposed to, to be doing. To it's it's yeah. confirmation. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, so wow. we're so happy. It's, and now we've probably had maybe like 40 hours of, of calls and messages and meetings. Exactly. And, so it doesn't feel like, it feels like I've known you for about 10 years. Yeah. It does. Like, it and, and, um, and there's been a lot that's already happened. I mean, yeah. just with, with reaching out to the public and, and making connections and, and helping, you know, we've gotten... We've gotten mail from people in Canada and India and other states and just got saying, one thank today you. from the from the Netherlands. Yeah. Today. And yeah. people saying thank you for addressing these topics that are so scary to yes. address. And I feel like you get me and it's just it's life changing. Yeah, I think because the whole premise behind it is it's it's showing that mental health does not discriminate. It doesn't go against um religion, race, how much money you've got, anything. We mm -hmm. all struggle. Any strain of mental health isn't less or more important than the other one. So with this campaign, it doesn't encapsulate or segregate one certain strand of mental health. And I think that's what people are connecting to. Mm -hmm. And then when people look at it, and my whole, one of the, the aims was to disrupt social media because whilst we see the government and everybody putting campaigns out, they're not really paying attention to, especially where our kids' attention is, which is social media. Right. So as we're scrolling through there, if we can disrupt it by these images of influential people, then we're, we're, we're getting somewhere. And what we're seeing is there's a lot of people from all over the world that is touching and they're connecting to it. So for and that, Christina I'm grateful Christina is for. one of them. Yes. Well, even just like, like, this sounds crazy, but just the fact that you would answer your own uh -huh. social media is like so humble. Like yeah. it's so, yeah. I mean, that's normal, but most people don't, you know? And so I yeah. think that's just like Aww. encouraging that you're, you're willing to be a voice for this. Mm -hmm. And, and I feel the same. We felt the same way when you responded to my message, mm -hmm. the same as we felt with, with Glenn, when mm -hmm. he contacted us, same thing, because yeah, we're, we're still equals. We're all human, 
but you know, I watch you on TV. Mm -hmm. So you're special, a little extra, but yeah, just, yeah. (laughs) So it's, it was really neat for us to, Mm. to hear back from you and that you were so open to this. Oh, it's important. I know it really is. Connecting, talking, being human, being real. Yeah. It doesn't discriminate. You know, Mental health does, it does not discriminate. Not. So when you were connected with Glenn, Christina, mm-hmm. then what um, what drew you in to want to help out? Well, for exactly what he's saying, basically, we need to disrupt social media. We need mm-hmm. to disrupt disrupt um, any kind of stigma, any anything that really keeps us separate. Um, and thinking that people are immune to mental health of that, you know, that there's anything wrong with it. My biggest thing is shame. And I keep talking about this over and over. It's the number one killer of everything. Dreams, hopes, desires, literally, figuratively makes us sick, you know, because we're not, that's when we start to shut down parts of ourselves, you know, when you shut down parts of yourselves and you don't know yourself and then, you know, you make decisions that don't actually support who you are, or, you know, you're just ignoring parts that need attention. And then a lot of the times we get sick. You know, the the mind-body connection. Um, yeah, shame is, is a big thing, and there's a lot of shame around mental illness. It means that, that's, you know, if you're feeling bad and low, depressed, anxiety, anxious, um, whether it's, you know, chemical or circumstantial, you know, we feel like there's something wrong with us, and there's nothing right. wrong with us. And then, uh, you know, all of this self-help stuff, which is important. Yes, let's learn how to love ourselves 100%. But there is a subtle aggression with this constant need to up level and to fix ourselves and to hack our way Mm -hmm. to a higher level of something and something. It just, no, get deep, get present. Right. You know, because when people try to say that they have to remain positive all the time, that's spiritual bypassing. Yeah. They're not really going into what's really causing the pain. No, they just want to put a bandaid on it by saying we're positive. I'm always positive. Which is, I understand that who wants to feel fear, who wants to feel Mm -hmm. alone and angry and sad and touch down into these really hard to feel feelings, you know, Mm that feel very real and solid and permanent, you know, that's, that's frightening. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I have a lot of compassion for that. I've done it. I do it sometimes. Um, but the label of positive and negative, good or bad is, is kind of, is very limiting. So good uh, point. Yeah. Right. And it's a mind, it's like a mind game. I mean, I know like I go through these periods of having weird hormone issues where I get straight extreme anxiety and I'll feel just so down and out. And then the shame does come because I go, Oh my God, I'm affecting my family. I'm bothering everybody. I'm in pain. I'm a burden. And I know better. Totally. And I have to go, well, wait, I didn't ask for this. It's not my fault. I'm being the best I can. And I have to like do the mind game with myself to step outside of myself and look in mm-hmm. and look at it in a different way so that I don't get into that trap. Like, right. So and I it see how easy it is. About it yeah. And then we're feeling our I see how easy it can get to to go down that spiral and you have to like have people that help you out of it or you have to have your way to to have a method to climb out of it you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm really happy you address that shame part because Mm -hmm. it's like we we're torturing ourselves a lot of the time like we're Mm -hmm. making it worse right you know so well there's a lot of different ways that you can go with it you know with getting help some people don't get help it just depends, but there's, you know, you've got to have that great team around you mm-hmm. to support you and you have to surrender to whatever it is that's coming up for you. Mm-hmm. A lot and of people are up. afraid to do that. Yeah. And not give up. That's yes. Yeah. Knowing that, that even though it doesn't feel like there's a, a, a bright light out there, there is going to be one. And there's a lesson. You know? 
yeah. whatever they were supposed to learn. I think we don't have the tools to go down into those places. So if you don't, I mean, not everyone needs therapy. I mean, I highly recommend it, you know, <laughs> on and off, whatever. I mean, there's people who like, like legitimately clinically need help and support. Right. Um, but even let's just say an average person who might not have any kind of, you know, chemical, like just it takes a, a structure to go down mm-hmm. and understand your own emotions. You know, we need to learn how to feel and that needs to start in kindergarten. Just feel and then mm-hmm. move on, you know. Well, I think that's part of what we're trying to do with the campaign. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, it's to, it's to connect it all. And the main, yeah. the main genesis you hold behind it is towards kids. Because I always say, unfortunately, the stigma is there between our age groups, which it is. Mm-hmm. We can open conversation, we can draw awareness, but it's still there, the old school mentality. Mm-hmm. But our kids, mm-hmm. it doesn't need to be. So our kids' attention is on social media. Mm-hmm. Let's address it. Let's, let's disrupt it, as I say. And then let's get it in, in the home and the kindergarten as well. Mm-hmm. So it all just start from the home as well. Right. Yeah. Teachers, right. even t- teachers in school. So it, it, it's impactful. They are very impactful. Well, I, Kim, I told you the story. What happened with my daughter's teacher? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can, Can we you, tell the audience? It's up to you without naming names. Okay. <laughs> I won't get her in trouble. Um, <laughs> well, we had uh, the school shooting not too long ago by our house. And uh, when it was a few days later after it happened, school went back into session. And the first day, my daughter didn't want to go back to school. A lot of kids didn't. Probably half of the school d- students well, yeah. didn't go back the that day. The energy of that. Ugh. Yeah. Um, and everybody was emotionally just completely drained, at least in my house <laughs> mm-hmm. at that time. Um, we did not get affected directly, but it still affected us. We knew people, you know, who were connected to them. Um, but so her first day going back to school, a lot of the teachers were very gentle with the kids. And if they had tests that they had to take, they told them, you know, we're just going to give you 100 percent and you don't have to take the tests. We're going to just kind of bypass this whole week. One in particular teacher, she did the opposite. Um, she told them they're going to stay busy and they are going to have to take the tests, the two tests, a quiz and a test that they missed. And she said, because of how I handle my, when something happens, something's bad or negative, I get busy. I don't want to deal with it. So I'm going to teach you guys, oh or I'm trying to teach you guys the same thing. So my daughter knows better though. So she kind of just chuckled and thought the whole thing was hilarious and came home and told me, but, um, you know, she's some really people, affecting some, some people kids. listen. Yeah. Because some, most, I don't know. I wouldn't, I don't want to say how many, some families don't talk about their feelings mm-hmm. as much as we do. So they don't know that right. that's something that is not right, that they should talk about their feelings. But it, it was so frustrating because that's why the shooting happened in the first place, because the kid didn't probably had a lot of repressed emotions and he didn't feel. Oh my God. To zoom. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. that's, that's what we have to face. Something we need to shift. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, this has been just absolutely powerful. And um, it's amazing that that there are shows like that. Like your, your show is like real life. Like people can watch it and get inspired for real life and feel not alone because it is stuff that's happening in real life. And so um, what an honor to be able to act, but also be making a social impact at the same time. 
Yes, it's, so. a, it's a huge honor. It's if, a huge gift. If our audience are, are, of course, they're going to want to find you, mm-hmm. how do they find you? They can find me, Instagram, Christina S. Moses. <laughs> I had to think about that for a minute. <laughs> and Twitter is just Christina Moses. Facebook, I rarely go on it, but mm-hmm. it, it does exist. Christina Moses, I think, is, mm-hmm. yeah. Pretty easy. Awesome. Is the show going to, uh, did, it, did it get bought for more well, seasons? We don't know that yet. We're still in the middle of shooting our second season. So nice. uh, we just took our mid-season break. We'll be back January 23rd at 10 p.m. ABC, right? <laughs> ABC. Um, we're usually on Thursdays at 9, but for the remainder of the season, 10 p.m., right after Grey's Anatomy on nice. Thursdays. A Million Little Things to nine TV show. Yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for you. being here. Thank so, you. So um, before we go, I am going to tell about our product of the week. Um, it's from DorothyaEssences.com. Doris Moon is a gifted energy healer, medical intuitive author, and creator, creator of Dorothea Healing Essences. And our featured product is a healing flower essence spray. And ironically, it's the one this week's is to eliminate anxiety, depression, and hopelessness. Oh. Um, it works on the soul level and gently helps you with healing and moving forward. And there's a set of four available. So just go to D-O-R-O-T-H-E-A-Essences.com. So um, thank you, everybody, for listening. And... Um, Check out Imperfectly Perfect campaign and um, check out we? Million Little Things and, <laughs> and can't listening. wait to hear your feedback. Yes. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.